welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the podcast with Mrs. Podcaster. (laughs) I'm so excited. Uh, I'm on cloud nine. I'm blissed out. I'm a married woman. Um, Just had the most amazing week. Ah, I can't even. It's really hard to articulate all the things that are felt inside. And I use big words all the time. And so when I do have something that's more extraordinary than the average day, it's hard to have words for it because... I use them all for describing things that are spectacular, but not this spectacular. So it's a problem. I had someone tell me that one time, that they try to reserve the big words for the things that are truly big. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I think everything is amazing. Um, But that's the problem. I run out of words. And um, it was just a spectacular week. I don't even really, um, I don't really know how to recap it but I'm going to try. So for those of you who listen to my podcast for every reason other than my personal life, you may be bored by this, so you may skip forward. But I am uh, telling the story of my of my wedding, intertwining some of my perspectives. So maybe it will be helpful for you. By the way, I record this podcast with the intention that it causes you to think, that it gives you some kind of... Um, a nugget of wisdom or help or encouragement or a strategy or a tool based on my experience. I'm not here to toot my own horn. I'm here taking time out of my busy schedule to record a podcast, making basically zero dollars from this in order to offer something from my experience out into the podcast world, praying it lands. That's it. So I hope you take what serves you and leaves the rest, but that is my intent with my podcast. So Um, Roy and I decided to get married sooner rather than later due to some logistical issues with his family in San Francisco. And, um, we had originally wanted to be engaged for a long time, but also we were both so excited to get married. So when we made this decision, it was also just this great excitement because neither one of us really wanted to wait a whole year. So, um, the most important thing for Roy was to get married in front of his family. He's very close with his family and, um, And so we had always said we would do a ceremony there in the Bay Area with his family. And then we would celebrate in Minnesota or in Miami. So what's happening is, is we have basically a wedding tour going on. And it's a little ridiculous, I guess, on the face of it. But also, it's not. Who cares? Why not? This is our life. We have people around the country we love. We're excited that we found each other. Um, we're not asking a whole lot of anybody, um, if they want to celebrate with us, they are welcome to celebrate with us and we're providing that opportunity. And if people want us to kick rocks, then they don't have to come. So there you go. (laughs) We want to celebrate and be excited together. And so we're going to do that. So our wedding was in San Francisco on Tuesday or in, I I always say San Francisco. It was not in San Francisco. It was in Marin, which is north of San Francisco, which is much different than the city of San Francisco. And then in Minnesota, we're having a little gathering there next month. And then our big wedding party will be here on the beach in September. So this was celebration number one, but this was actually where we said our vows, our commitment. So this one really carries the weight of our wedding. So 
We flew out on Monday morning. We um, we flew JetBlue, which just a little plug. I love JetBlue because they are simply roomier airplanes. Like all of their rows, everything is bigger. Uh, we don't have to pay for bigger seats. And they have really good snacks. Like you can get plantain chips. And they have a cabinet so you can get up during the flight and go get your own snacks, which is really nice. Um, and it's pretty inexpensive. And we were lucky enough to fly direct from Fort Lauderdale into San Francisco, which can be hard to find affordably. If you heard about the last time we went, we had a nightmare combination of flights. But anyway, we flew out Monday. We got in to town. We immediately went um, to our wedding venue to scout out a spot for our vows. So Roy had picked Armstrong um, Redwood Reserve, which is a big redwood forest in Guerneville. And I'd never been there and I had nothing to, I mean, I've been to Muir Woods, so I know redwood forests are beautiful. But um, I trusted his instincts because he's been there and he's also done photo shoots there. So Roy um, worked in, um, he, I don't know what you call it, but he worked on photo shoots for Pottery Barn and other companies for his career. So he's done photo shoots there. So we went there and I was like, oh, this is spectacular. Just so many beautiful spots, almost where every corner you turn, there's another stunning spot with filtered sunlight and these trees that go up and up forever and ever. And what I love about a lot of the redwoods is they start out as one tree on the ground and then they split into two powerful tree trunks. And it's just obviously such a beautiful metaphor for a couple you know we are two people merging into one and the goal of our marriage is to create deep roots together in a foundation where one you don't know where one ends and the other one begins and together we are powerful more powerful than on our own that is the goal so we found I don't know 10 different spots that would be perfect to gather and do our vows so we're really excited about that and then we got to go um, to the Crooked Goat, which is a brewery in Sebastopol, which I just love saying Sebastopol. That's the name of the town. Sebastopol is just such a fun word. It's such a weird word, but it's the name of the town. And Roy's brother, Rich, um, is the brewer there. It's a brewery. I don't drink beer, but apparently it's cool and stuff. Um, but he's the head brewer, so he's kind of the guy in charge, which is a big deal. And they have a beautiful outdoor area. So we had agreed that whomever was coming into town would gather there. And so we showed up and Rich and Kathy were there, Roy's brother and sister-in-law, and welcomed us. And then Roy's nephews, um, Gavin and Noah, were there. And Gavin just got engaged. So his fiance was there, Laurel, which is really fun because we know there's going to be another wedding in the family next year. Um, and they're super... He's, Roy's just so proud of his nephews. And um, and then my sister was supposed to fly in. She was going to officiate. And her flight got canceled Monday morning. So I was so upset because... Not upset because cause she did end up getting on a flight and getting there. But her plan had been to arrive early and do some sightseeing. Because she was dropping everything in her life to fly across the country to officiate my wedding vows. Which is a big deal and expensive and all of these things. And she's never been to California. And so she was excited to at least be able to see something new. And so her flight was canceled and she got in at 6.30 at night. Then she had to get a rental car and then get to Sebastopol. And so we didn't even get to see her till about 8.30 and she missed an entire day of sun of um, sightseeing. Thank you for nothing, Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country, usually great. They totally screwed her over, but I digress. 
So she came in and then my friend Simona and her husband Dan from Minnesota, she had agreed to fly out and be our wedding photographer, which is such a coup because A, she doesn't do weddings. She's a portrait photographer. And B, she's done all of my photo shoots and she's spectacular. And C, last but not least, Simona is love in human form. Simona oozes love and joy and empathy and sweetness and she's just the sweetest person. She's so sweet that she officiated my last wedding. <laughs> we got a lot of jokes about that. I was like, Simona, you officiated my last wedding. Now you're going to photograph my third one. I swear to you, I'm not getting married anymore. And her response was, well, okay, but I'll come to all your weddings. <laughs> She's so sweet. So when her and Dan walked in, it was so amazing to see my people in this environment that I'm still not used to. It's like being in Roy's world is wonderful, but I'm getting used to it and it's his world. And so seeing my world in his world just made it all just feel so wonderful. And so we had a lovely time. They have this amazing pizza there, you guys. I don't get that excited about pizza. Pizza is like take it or leave it for me. I rarely eat pizza. If I'm going to eat something that's not incredibly healthy, I'm not going to pick pizza. It's just not exciting to me. Um, I'd much rather pick, I don't know, a hundred other things. But at the brewery, you can order food from surrounding restaurants and they bring it over there. And it's a place called Acre Pizza. And it's this deep dish Jesus pizza. I don't know what they do to it, but it's so good. And so I had done my cut diet leading up to the wedding, dropped five pounds, was feeling nice and lean. And then I needed to eat carbs to fill up my muscles. So it was perfect. Night before the wedding, I hit the pizza hard. So it was so good. So that stood out to me. And then Kathy had agreed to do my wedding flowers. And so she had brought some flowers for our table that were just stunning. And it was a nice little, um, nice little intro to what was to come for the beautiful parts of the wedding. So I am a girl. I like girly things. I am not, I'm not a decorator. I don't have good instincts. I don't know how to make things beautiful. I'm just not, I don't have that talent. I don't have that gene. I can get an image in my head of what I want something to look like, but executing, no, it's just not going to happen. Um, and when we decided to get married in the Redwoods, I, you know, I didn't want to do anything to detract from the setting. I didn't want to bring anything in there. We couldn't bring anything in there, but I wanted my look to just be not detracting from the beauty of nature. I didn't want to be all over the top and stuff. And I thought it would be fun to have a flower crown um, since the idea was kind of woodland fairy was kind of what I was thinking. So I had talked to Kathy about it, but we couldn't, neither one of us saw any examples of flower crowns that weren't ginormous or really tiny. And none of them were exactly what I wanted. You could buy dried flower ones, but they were really expensive and I didn't want to do that in case I didn't like it. So I didn't really know what to do. And so we just thought, well, maybe, maybe we'll just weave some flowers in my hair. And Kathy used to be a hairstylist, so she had agreed to do my hair. So my sister-in-law is like from Jesus. She's amazing. So she said she would do my hair and then put together my bouquet. And so she, I, I sent her a couple of pictures I found online of bouquets that I liked. And that was it. I didn't think about it. I didn't know what to think about it. I just was like, all right, well, whatever. There'll be flowers there and it'll be fine. So the flowers were stunning. And she it just blew me away. She chose the most beautiful shades of pale pink and beautiful greenery 
and it was just stunning. So it was a good indication right away on Monday night that I was in for some really beautiful things from her. So, um, yeah, so it was great to have a little family gathering, get everybody together. And then the wedding day was Tuesday. Our, we planned on a three o'clock ceremony and Roy and I got up really early and we had a really lovely morning together. We did our meditations and just spent time kind of connecting and just, I don't know, it was a really kind of important morning together. We had breakfast together. We walked Gus together and just, I don't know, it was like a final little morning together before we really took it seriously that we were stepping into the next chapter of our life together. So he left, he wanted to go lift with his um, youngest brother and then have some alone time and then get ready at Rich's house. So I had some time by myself to do my makeup. I decided to do my own makeup, which I'm glad I did because I just wanted to look like I normally do, but maybe a little bit more polished. So I did my own makeup and um, did some journaling, did some reading, sent Marco Polos to my friends, just chilled out. And then my sister and Simona and Kathy all came to my room and we had the best time. We sat around and talked. Kathy did my hair. Girl talk. Just Kathy told lots of fun stories about Roy and we just had the most fun. The energy was just happy and calm. People were texting me, how are you doing? Are you nervous? I'm like, what am I nervous about? What? I'm about to marry my best friend and the greatest man alive. And I've never been more sure of anything. I have never been more confident and sure of anything ever. When I married my first husband, it was to, you know, F you my family and just to get out. When I married my second husband, I went in with the best of intentions, but I knew that there was a risk that this could be a nightmare because of the addiction in the past. I knew that best laid plans don't always turn out. I knew it was going to be a fairy tale and I went in um, with the best of intentions, but there was a little liquid golden strand of fear that was through my heart that there was nothing I could do about. And so to be sitting there the morning of my wedding to Roy and feeling nothing but joy and confidence and peace, a full body, yes, a full soul, yes. It, it was, that, that's what I demanded. There was no way I was ever going to get married again if that wasn't the case. So we had a great time. It was so much fun. We got to be uh, running late, which I guess wasn't the end of the world, but Kathy put flowers in my hair that looked so pretty. I felt like a fairy princess. I felt like a little fairy elf. I felt like I looked exactly what I had envisioned, but I hadn't even talked to her really about it. She just knew what to do and she made me look the prettiest I have ever felt in my entire life. I felt like I felt like a little woodland fairy bride. I was so happy. And then the bouquet she made me was just stunning. So beautiful, so perfect. And this, my sister-in-law, I have a new sister-in-law and she made every detail of the day stunning. Not only did she do that, she coordinated with the family members to get Roy's mom there, which is, you know, takes a little logistics. She has an electric um, scooter. So getting it there in the right vehicle, making sure that everybody knew where to be. Um, she, of course, made sure everybody knew what the dress code was. 
She did Roy's mom's hair and made sure she had a beautiful dress. And she managed all these little details that I wasn't there for, that I didn't know to do, that Roy didn't wasn't there to do. And she just did it with such, just, just, I don't know, it was so kind and with the perfect intention. You know, she said she was worried that she was stepping on toes or overbearing. And I mean, no, the way that she navigated all of that was so helpful and wonderful. And some people just have a gift for that. And of course, people that are the best at that often second guess themselves the most, um, which I understand. I, if there's a way to feel bad about something, I'm going to find it. I feel bad. I feel bad that the Royce family had to take the day off work. I feel bad they had to spend any money to be there. I feel bad that they had to do any effort at all to be at our wedding. And when I really sit in that, I realize it's from a deep, deep inner feeling of, of not feeling worthy that I have to continually work on. In fact, that morning in meditation, I was thinking about all the love that was surrounding me and these people who flew across the country to be there. My sister is so busy. I mean, legitimately like buying and selling a house and moving and getting married herself and working full time. And she's got stepkids and she's got all of these things. And she dropped everything to come across the country to marry me and Roy. And just to sit there and feel, to just allow myself to feel worthy of that love, which is so hard. I, I, I've spent my whole life feeling unworthy of any good thing because of, mainly because of the way that I was raised in the culture. We were taught that we are worthless, filthy rags and that anything good in us is not us and that anything good that happens is this gracious gift that we don't deserve. And so this huge identity of unworthiness was put in me through the church that I was raised in. And while we obviously shouldn't be haughty and feel like we deserve everybody to drop their lives for us, um, we, we are worthy of love. We are worthy of massive, powerful, huge love because we are made of massive, huge, powerful love. And I lead with love. I give love. I do everything I can to love. And therefore, love comes back to me and I can feel worthy of that. I am worthy of that but it takes effort. And so in meditation, I just was focusing on all of that love and then letting the gratitude flow, just feeling that gratitude. And gratitude and love and worthiness go together beautifully. And so that feeling was just so thick. And Kathy brought so much of that love. And I just hope she feels worthy of the gratitude I could not express to her adequately how grateful I was for all she did to make the day beautiful um, and smooth. So um, rode to the wedding venue with my sister, which is, it was wonderful and also really funny because, you know, we hop into her car. I'm in a wedding dress. I got my wedding dress on Amazon. It was $124. It was perfect. It was beautiful. I cannot believe it was $124. We, of course, were talking about how like some little slave children in Bangladesh probably had bloody fingers sewing the sequins on this, which, of course, then made me feel bad for participating in something like that. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty, But anyway, it's over now. Um, but in this poofy dress sitting in my sister's car and we're driving to, for me to get married. 
And my sister was just talking about everything except the fact that we were going to get married, you know, talking about sightseeing and California politics. And like, we were just having this normal conversation and it just kept striking me how funny that was that there was no discussion on, oh, wow, you're getting married and this is a big deal. And no, we didn't talk about any of that. We just drove like we were going to McDonald's or going to go, I don't know, what something not interesting. But we arrived and I saw Roy out the car window and it was, he just looked amazing. He looked so handsome. We had gotten him a really nice, beautiful suit from Express. Express has the greatest suits for slim guys, tall, slim guys, because they have a nice slim cut. So anyway, I saw him and I was like, ah, that one's mine. And so I had to hide until Simona could position him for the first look photo. So everybody starts coming up to me to like say hello. And I was just rude. I'm like, don't look at me. Roy has to see me first, which I guess wasn't true, but I felt like that was the case. So we did our first look and he was already crying because Roy is very emotional. And uh, it was amazing. It's like, there's my husband right there, right here. I got to see him and we got to just have a moment. And it was perfection perfection I wore my white Allbirds because you couldn't see my feet under my dress and I was glad because it was just it was the woods it was dirty and um, full of bugs so there was some hero who brought bug spray but it was a small group it was Roy's immediate family and then my sister and Simona and her husband and then our friend Danny our marathon running friend Danny and his son flew out to be at our wedding which meant so much to us. We didn't invite friends. We didn't invite a lot of people because this was supposed to be just the family out there and my family if they could come. But Danny, Danny has been with Roy and I since the beginning of our our relationship. When we broke up for a little while, Danny kind of counseled both of us and was the kind voice of reason that just directed us back to loving ourselves, taking care of ourselves, fixing our own issues, and in the end that brought us back together. And then, of course, we've traveled the world with Danny, running around the world, and he's just our, he's our dearest, closest friend as a couple. And so it meant so much that he was there. Um, so the ceremony was brief, but we wrote our own vows, and then immediately after, we danced to our favorite song. We danced together all the time. Um, it's a song called Firestone, and we love it so much. So we did our first dance with that song and it was magical and fun and silly. It turns into a little bit of a silly Chrissy dance. And then we were done. It was amazing. Uh, we did some photos. The setting in there was spectacular. So we could have done photos for 10 hours and not run out of beautiful places to take beautiful photos. But um, And then we had a dinner at a Mexican restaurant, I had said, all I really care about is tacos and or chips and guac. That's my favorite foods. So we went to a place called La Rosa in Santa Rosa, and we just had a big table and the whole family was there. Everybody made it for dinner. Kathy, again, clutch. She had a big bouquet of the most perfect pink balloons sitting there waiting for me. So little Chrissy, who loves balloons, got to have a bouquet of balloons, and it was amazing. So we had a lovely dinner. And um, it was just a perfect day. There was nothing but joy and love and fun and happiness the whole entire day and evening. And everyone was so kind. The energy was all beautiful. So it was perfect. We had the next day to sightsee with my sister, kind of see the family one more time. And then we were home on Thursday. So it was a quick little trip. But 
I'm just grateful that Roy and I are love warriors. We have both been knocked down. We have both had relationships that ended that we wish did not end. And we've both dated a lot of frogs and horrible people and learned a lot. And yet we persisted because um, we both really crave partnership. I was fine on my own. I was fine. I wasn't suffering. But I wanted a partner. I really, I just wanted someone to share love with. And that's really what marriage is. I said I would never get married again because I don't see the point. But it was something Roy was from the very beginning. Like, if I get into a committed relationship, like, marriage is important to me. So I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) But I'm just excited. I feel like we have so, we have so much that we can accomplish together that neither one of us could do on our own. And Roy is the key. Roy is, for me, I look at my life and I see Roy is the key to everything big and beautiful in the future. Um, His heart, his love, his work ethic, his creativity, his solid support. That in my life means that, that I have, I'm so much more, capable. I'm stronger because he is that other part of the big giant redwood and I get to support him and I get to love on him. And my goal is to show him his power and to show him every day that he is great, that he's not just enough, that he's not adequate as a human, but he's great. He's greatness. He's Roy is one of the most powerfully beautiful people I've ever known and probably one of the least convinced of it. And as I've seen him believe more and more and more in his power, he just gets more and more beautiful. So I'm excited to be Mrs. Jeter and to be on this path together. We decided that we are not going to get mad at each other or fight at all, not even one time in our marriage. Like, we just decided we don't have to do that. We're not going to do it. So it's kind of tongue-in-cheek when we said it, but then it's become a challenge because lots of little moments where maybe one of us would get annoyed or mad. I don't want to be the first one to get mad in our marriage, so my patience is a lot deeper than it has been because I don't want to break the streak. And same with him. And so it's kind of funny. It's obviously unrealistic to think that we're never going to fight or argue. But it's kind of a fun challenge to see who can just be the most patient, the longest, and, you know, not turn mountains into molehills and keep the main thing the main thing and keep some harmony going. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted when the first fight happens. Um, I don't know. You can can also commit to never fighting during our marriage, too, if you want to. Um, Why not? Why not? So, um, thanks everyone for the congratulations, our Instagram, our Facebook, all that stuff just blew up. We could not get back to everybody individually, but it's, I tell you, talk about feeling loved and so much support when social media finds out you do something like get married to someone like Roy. Everyone's very, very, very excited. So thank you. If you reached out and said, congratulations, we read them all. We took them all in, um, and appreciate all of it. So here's to the rest of our lives. It's really important to hydrate. Everybody tells you that, I'll tell you that. But when you sweat, you're not just losing water. You are losing electrolytes and you can replace them with my favorite product. I'm so stoked about Cure. Curehydration.com, go there. Read up on the science on these electrolytes. 
But I will tell you, I started using these on a whim. I was training a client. She works for Cure. She gave me samples. I was blown away at my energy level increase by starting my day with a glass of water and one packet of Cure. The flavors are amazing. They're based in a dehydrated coconut water with natural flavors, sweetened with stevia, no artificial garbage. And it's the World Health Organization's oral rehydration solution. It's been tried and true and tested around the world, more effective than an IV drip to rehydrate you. Go to curehydration.com. Use my coupon code, KristenSmith20. It's going to get you 20% off your first order, and that stacks on any other discount that they have, including their additional 15% off for, for subscriptions. Do not wait. Try this. It is a massive game changer, especially if you're active, especially if you are experiencing heat where you live. Cure hydration. This, I'm telling you, will change your day. I drink way less coffee. I have way more energy. I have more stamina and endurance in my workouts. And when I sweat, I sweat liberally and I don't get exhausted from it. Try Cure Hydration. Use my code, KristenSmith20, and save. Today, I'm going to talk about life coaching and life coaching topics as they intertwine with health and weight loss. Because I... What I do as a coach is I obviously, as a nutritionist and personal trainer, I come up with nutrition plans and workout plans, but there's always an element of life coaching that goes into what I do. And more and more, it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of the coaching that I do. And so I want to talk a little bit about the reasons why it's important to approach your health and wellness and fitness and weight loss goals from not just calories and macros and movement minutes, but your own heart, mind, and soul. Because that's where it starts. That's where it ends. That's where it comes from. That is actually what needs the time and attention. I can tell you all day to eat 1,582 calories and 122 grams of protein and move your body 60 minutes a day. But the reason that you actually do those things or not do those things is because of your relationship with you, because of the mental dialogue in your head, because of how you view yourself. Nobody has ever hated themselves into a better life or a healthier body. It has to flow from self-love, self-pride, self-esteem, and simply choosing that what you want is going to win over what the body and the mind body have been programmed over time to do that don't serve you. You get to decide what you want and you get the change when you decide that you are more important than anything else. And that process takes time, but it begins instantly. So a lot of conversations I have with new clients start out like this, and I'll paraphrase, but I have gained X amount of weight in the past X number of years, usually a couple. I I still get a lot of clients who say, I was doing great and then COVID happened. COVID was a big switch in lifestyle, in how everyone operates. And for a lot of people, it was a huge hit to their ability to self-soothe, to entertain themselves, to engage in activities that felt good. 
Um, there was an element of fear and anxiety. And a lot of people were not prepared for how much their routine affected their mental health. And I think that's normal. Like it's, it's crazy to think what we endured as a population because of the massive quick change to everything. Um, it's a huge change. It's a huge impact on our system. So for a lot of people, it resulted in forgetting about those healthy things and these thoughts of it doesn't really matter and I'm too upset or I'm too bored or I'm too afraid to stick with my routines. I'm just going to soothe with food. Plus, the gyms are closed. I can't get to my spin class. I don't want to work out at home. I'm not motivated to do anything by myself. I miss group fitness. Those types of things. So it was a perfect storm of emotional response eating and a lack of act available activity for a lot of people. And as soon as we stop moving our bodies the way that we have, automatically it affects our mood. It affects the endorphins in our body. It affects the feel-good chemicals. So right there is a step down from your normal level of happy, joy, joy into less than where you normally are. Then you add hyperpalatable foods, boredom eating, eating when you're not hungry, eating more processed foods, eating more takeout. Now you're adding more stress to the body with chemicals, more sugar crashes. Um, all of that combined with the lack of movement leads to feelings of depression, of hopelessness, of fatigue. How do we then in that setting deal with those feelings? Well, a lot of people dealt with it with more eating, more ordering in, less movement, and this defeat cycle started. Now it's nobody's fault. I'm not saying that to make anyone feel bad. It just simply happened. And a lot of it is very understandable. And just like anything, an object in motion stays in motion, an object at rest stays at rest. When things started to open up again and you could get back to your old life, a lot of people realized, A, they didn't like their old life, and B, it was really hard to get back to what they used to do because they were in less, um, not as not in good as good of shape as before. So now when you used to go in and hit the leaderboard at the spin class, now you're starting at the bottom rung. Or you used to be able to throw up pretty heavy weights, and now you've lost some strengths, so you have to start over. It's demoralizing. So trying to get back to normal after this period of excused indulgence and justifiable inactivity, really hard. And a lot of people did not do it. A lot of people still struggle, say, I could never get back into the old habits. I miss it. I don't know what to do. And so there's a lot of stopping and starting, going back to what they used to do, and then not being able to sustain it because you're a different person now, and then more defeat. So I get a lot of clients that come to me with this cycle. And if it's not COVID, it's something else, perhaps a move, perhaps a divorce, perhaps simply um, a menopause shift, something shifts. And now all of a sudden, there is this feeling of, I don't know how to fix this. I need help. And luckily, I do know how to help because what I do, we look at those factors. What is happening? Where did things turn? And it's so quick to turn down a road that leads us to this sitting in the mud. But the great thing is it's very quick to turn it around. Now, you can't reverse all of the damage done in one day, but you can change your mindset and change your experience in your life 100% when 
with just one decision and one day of doing things differently. Now it can be tough because you get started, you don't see an impact yet. You know, you don't do one workout and have one day where you're putting your nutrition first, you get up the next day, you don't feel like you look different. But you know what does happen is you feel different because you have gotten in the driver's seat. And there's nothing harder than a day one. There's nothing harder than saying, all right, I used to be at midpoint of this mountain and now I'm at the bottom. I hate this because I've already had to do this before and I'm doing it again. But one day of success followed by another day of success, getting out of the mud, it is so fast how I see eyeballs change. (laughs) I just had a call last night with a new client. First call was a week ago, very low, very defeated. You know, this conversation of what had happened One week later, after setting up her goals for the week, her commitments, one week later, hey, how's it going? We did our check-in. Her entire countenance is completely different. Her eyes are bright. She's making eye contact. She's talking with energy and enthusiasm about the things she did, how it felt, that it felt good, pride in her decisions, and complete and total honesty about the moments that weren't perfect. But without that defeat of, yeah, well, I suck. But to say, yeah, this, this didn't go as well as planned. But I've, I caught it. I didn't keep going down that path. I got back on track. And the self-pride, the joy, the power in her face and in her voice, I tell you, I live for it. It lit me up. Because what I was seeing was exactly what happens when we put ourselves back in the driver's seat and say, I am going to stop driving full force down this hill into the mud. I'm going to turn it around. And the minute you're turned around and moving in the right direction, you find joy. You find power. You you feel strength. Now, it's not easy every single day. And there are going to be days where the instinct is to say, this is too hard going back up the hill. I'm going to drive right back into the mud. But if you determined you are not turning around. If you slip a little bit, that might happen, but you are not turning around. You are going forward week by week, day by day. You're going to get there. And it's so exciting when you know what I am doing is getting my life into my power and my control. Therefore, what I want is coming. My result I'm chasing will be here as long as I stay in the driver's seat foot on the gas, let's go. It's so important to not neglect this part of the puzzle because without this, the rest is just boring, stupid stuff. Who wants to log their food? Who wants to count calories or protein? Who wants to necessarily exercise four or or five times a week? The payoff is why. The payoff is not just in pounds lost and muscles built. The payoff is being able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I didn't like something, and so today I did everything I could to change it. I changed it. I was just saying today on my Instagram, I hate the phrase. People say it all the time, especially in social media, especially thought leaders. No one's coming to save you. They say this because they want you to understand that you do have to do it yourself, which is true. You do have to save yourself. But how defeating. Like You you know, you're drowning. I need help. And you say, no one's coming to save you. Well, that's horrifying. I want to know that there is help available. And do you know what I want to know? I want to be told and shown that the help that I need is right inside of me. Now, 
We use coaches, we use friends, we use resources along the way, but the person who picks up the fork or puts the fork down is me. The person who decides to get up a little earlier and invest in my mind, that's me. I have the power to do that. I can save myself. I will save myself. I do save myself. If I find myself sitting in the ditch in the mud, it's true. No one's going to come and slap me and take the donuts out of my hand and put me back onto a treadmill. No one's going to do that. But I have the power inside of me to say, oh, this doesn't feel good. I want to do what feels good. And I can put the donuts down, brush myself off, go for a walk and say, yeah, I just pulled myself out of the mud and that feels good. That is the messaging that we need to be getting out to everyone. That's the message I have for you. You have the power to change your life. You have the power to make one right decision next. And after that, you have the power to choose again. And day after day, these decisions pile up until you look back and you don't recognize that old self because you've moved so far from it. You did. You grabbed every tool, every resource, every single bit of good input along the way. Yes, you did. But those tools, those people, that input didn't change you. You changed you because you have the power to change your life one one decision at a time. You are saving you. You are coming to save you using the tools. It's like saying, I'm on a deserted island and I have to save myself by swimming. Well, you can use the life raft. You can use the floaty. You look around and find the tools and the support that you need and then you swim. It's not that you can do it alone. You should do it alone. It's that you're capable of doing it, period. And you're capable of finding resources. You're capable of choosing wisdom. You're capable of choosing the higher thought instead of the one that has kept you feeling so defeated. You're capable of that. And you can do that. You can change your life one decision at a time. This morning at boot camp, people rolled in to class at 7.30 on a hot Saturday morning. And my message to them you are here to change your life and you're about to do it. You've already done it. You got up and you got here. Now you're going to have an experience that changes your body's power and strength. And then you're going to go out and you have the power and the strength to do anything else that you want. You have the power to change your own life. It's so exciting. No one is coming to save you because you are saving yourself. People are coming to love on you. Everyone is coming to cheer you on. No one is coming to save you because they don't need to. They want to watch you shine. I want to watch you blow your own mind. I want to help you change your life. I want to support you changing your life, but it all starts and ends with you, which is not defeating. That's empowering. So I encourage you to never say that. No one's coming to save you. I was telling Roy this morning, it's kind of like going to a birthday party and presenting this big cake to a little kid and then saying, I'm setting your cake on fire. They'll be horrified. Like, why are you doing that? Well, I'm going to light the candles. Oh, okay. That sounds much different. (laughs) Instead of saying no one is coming to save you, let's say, and let's say to ourselves, I am coming to save myself. No one is coming to save me. I'm saving myself. And everyone wants to be here for that. Everyone wants to support me in that. No one's coming to save me. They don't need to. I'm saving myself with their encouragement, with their love, with their hope, with their wisdom. Pull from every resource you can. 
but you can change your life today, right now, one decision at a time. It was so exciting to see my client's face last night and just the brightness because she didn't have a perfect week. She didn't do everything perfectly, but she showed up and she didn't quit. And she made new choices that got her closer to what she wants in the future. And she's living a life-changing story today. So it's, it's so powerful. It's, and it's so exciting. So nutrition and fitness and wellness, they are all formulaic scientific things. But they start and end with your mindset, with your willingness to dig into your life and connect with yourself being in control. COVID really took a lot of people down because all of a sudden it seemed like our world and everything in it was being controlled by something other than us. So we didn't feel like we had the power to go out and do the things. Our routine was taken from us and we weren't giving a, given any options to replace. And because it was such a global thing and everything was so shut down and everybody was trying to cope in ways that they could, it became a perfect storm of all of us forgetting our power. You know, it's like go home, stay home, shelter in place. Um, and we didn't know how to soothe ourselves. And eventually we forget those coping skills that we already have. And it's very, very sad when that happens in any capacity, but it happened in mass and lots of different factors, of course. But the only thing we have to do to get back to our power is to get back to our power. One moment, one decision at a time. It's within you. So I just wanna encourage you today that you have the power to change your own life and that there's something that you want for your nutrition, for your health, for your wellness, for your body, you can have it and you can do it. And one decision at a time puts you back in the driver's seat and the joy is instantaneous. It's instantaneous. So that's all I have for you on that topic. I do want to let you know I am a coach. And when I coach people, we talk about your life. We talk about your mindset. We talk about your beliefs about who you are and what's capable. And we come up with what you're going to do week by week for your nutrition, for your movement, for your habits, so that you can take ownership of and change the lifestyle that you're living for good to get the results that you want for good. So if that sounds interesting to you, would love to talk more with you. I only have bandwidth for about three more clients in my roster, um, but I would love to have three more hearts, three more people, three more sets of eyes that I can see light up. When I visualize and I meditate my future and what I want, I see eyes. What do I want? I don't want a yacht. I don't want a fancy car. I don't want things. I want sets of eyeballs that are forever brightened, that are forever lit up because they've connected with what they're capable of. That is what I sit here in this very chair I'm sitting in now. And when I meditate and visualize, that's what I see. I see people whose eyes are brightened. I speak to them and I see their face change and they go out and change their life. That is what I want. I dream of it. I crave it. It gives me so much energy. And when I get to experience that person by person, the joy is palpable. You can feel it in the air around me. I can feel it on the beach every single workout when I see these faces lit up in their own power. When I see it on calls with my clients, I love it so much. So I hope this podcast has lit up your eyes. And if it has, I would love to hear about it. It's what I live for. 
It's my currency. Now, I hope that today you go out and light up your own eyes by going out and changing your life one moment at a time. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.